Hey guys, welcome back to Chris and Harry Unplugged, episode 18. If you don't know who we are, we are two Gen Z liberals who scream about politics every week, Monday at 1 o'clock. If you are joining us again for the second, third, fourth, fifth time, thank you so, so much for being back. Um, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. We are now officially, pretty much, as you're watching this, less than one year away from the 2024 election, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some pretty interesting polling that came out today um from the new york times that is uh intense to say the least intense and i'm kind of gonna go through i know harry hasn't seen too many of the specifics so we're gonna talk about it together i'm gonna kind of get harry's thoughts um as we move toward 24 and yeah the only other thing is i we want to say we appreciate so much all the support on the patreon and the hoodies um if, if thank you so much, everyone who joined the Patreon, uh, our first episode for the Patreon will be up this week, along with a schedule about, you know, when we're uploading, when we're doing live streams, et cetera. And if you want to check that out, it's in the link in the description. So yeah, thank you guys so much for, for that and, uh, supporting us. It, it means a lot, you know, the subscriptions to the Patreon, um, it, we know it's not like a, uh, a little thing essentially, like it, it means so much to me, so much to us and it goes a long way. So yeah, we appreciate it so much. Um, yeah, with that being said, let's get right into this. Harry, you ready for this, man? How are you, how are you feeling? How are you feeling today? Um, I'm so ready for this, man. As you said, like this polling, you know, a lot of people freaking out about it, but I don't know the specifics yet. I just kind of like read the numbers, but I took a nap today. I just relaxed, my man, so I'm no, ready to dig in, that, you know? That's fair, man. Yeah, as people can see, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a different location. I'm, I'm on vacation myself. So I, I woke up and saw this, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> It's uh, it's pretty bad. So let's say, let's let's take <laughs> oh, a look. No. Let let's take a look. It's it's intense. Intense say listen. If you're not on YouTube, that's all right. We will we will re I will read it out. All right. So this is can you see? Let's see. Yeah, it's loading now. Oh, it's still loading. With the, the Wi-Fi well, is we're working with Wi-Fi here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are... I'll talk about it for a second. Tell me when like you can see it, but this is Go a New it. York this is New York Times polling. Um all, it's it's polling in swing states, five swing states. Um, New York Times polling for Trump and Biden. Um, this was held essentially, you know, exactly one year before the election. Um, Trump is ahead in five of the six swing states. So Nevada, Trump leads by nine points. Michigan, Trump leads by five points. Georgia, Trump leads by six points. Pennsylvania, Trump leads by four points. Arizona, Trump leads by five points. And Wisconsin. Biden is up two points. Is it is it still loading, or can you see? Oh no, I can see now. Okay, perfect. Um, so obviously, this is very this is very very intense and striking. These are you know probably the most important states of the election, um, or yeah, the most important states of the election. Now, I want everybody to keep in mind that my position on this has always been that you know a year away from the election, we're very early, and we'll talk about some of the history behind some of some stuff like this. You know, with Obama being kind of underwater, even in the 2022 midterms, everybody predicting this big red wave that never played out. So remember, it's very early, but still some things to keep in mind for Democrats here. Um, he trails by an average of 48 to 44, and this is where it gets very interesting. So here we go. Voters under 30 favor Biden by only a single percentage point. Um, his lead among Hispanic voters is down to single digits. Um, 
men prefer Trump by twice as large a margin, reversing the gender advantage that had fueled so many Democratic gains in recent years. Black voters are now registering 22% support in these five states for Trump, a level unseen in presidential politics for a Republican in modern times. So those are, those are all, you know, pretty interesting, especially voters under 30. Obviously, Harry and I are, are Gen Z. We have some quotes here um, about how, you know, these are, these are people who voted for Biden in 2020 and are now switching to Donald Trump. Quote, I would, ra- I would much rather see somebody that I feel can be a positive role, mo- role model and leader for the country, but at least I think Trump has his wits about him. So, so far, what do you think, Harry? What, what do you think, man? That last quote just made me feel like sick to my stomach, bro. Where, like, what? Wait, where is that again, bro? Where, which, which paragraph is that? It, it, this is right. This is from Spencer Weiss, a 53-year-old um, in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, who supported Biden in 2020 but is now backing Trump, albeit with some reservations. Quote, I would much rather see somebody that I feel can be a positive role model, leader for the country, but at least I think Trump has his wits about him, um, unquote. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> All right, bro. I mean, what the hell did I just hear, bro? What? All right, let me, let me start from the top, man. Um, okay, these numbers in these swing states. Um, it's important to remember that in these swing states, it's ex- incredibly unlikely that there's going to be a margin of like five or nine in Nevada or five in Arizona, right? Like presidential elections are always close. They're always like, especially in these swing states, you know, one to two points. Now, Donald Trump's still leading in this poll. So, you know, but just keep that in mind. It's like, you know, obviously these might be a little uh, skewed. Now, voters under 30, we are seeing a dramatic drop off in young support for President Biden because of everything that's happening in the Middle East. And it once again shows, you know, the difference between the two parties um, because there's, you know, the Republicans, uh, voters of all ages, will never, ever, 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 ever stop supporting their guy, right? Like, they are loyal to a T, and they will always vote for them. And that's why Republicans win elections, you know, like, because there's a loyalty there. Like, even with the insanity, they're loyal. The Democrats aren't. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We should be, you know, holding our leaders accountable. Um, but, you know, it, 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 that becomes a little fuzzy when the accountability is like, oh, yeah, we're going to hold Biden accountable. We're not going to support him and let Donald Trump win, who is significantly worse on every single one of these issues. Um, so like this young uh, it's very frustrating as a young person to see other young people um, willing to allow Trump to win because of their frustration toward Biden. And I've said this before in multiple videos on Twitter, different social media platforms um, that. You can disagree with Biden and all of these things. Just wait until Donald Trump gets into office. It'll be nine trillion times worse, especially in relation to the Middle East, among all the other issues that are happening in the United States. Again, Donald Trump has called for deporting people who went to pro-Palestine protests, especially those on student visas. And Republicans in the House of Representatives, Donald Trump's former interior secretary, just introduced a bill to expel Palestinians who are not permanent residents from the United States forever and they will never be allowed to uh, obtain permanent uh, or legal status in the United States. So it's very frustrating to see these numbers when we have all these different things um, and, you know, these different people, uh, and especially on the Republican side, like supporting certain policy. Um, so that's my 
brief reaction to that. But that last quote, my man, is so disgusting. So yeah. disgusting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think that was all like very well said, and you'll see more people like with quotes um, like this. Um, multiple people who supported Biden now support Trump. I really don't understand that. That's like I don't that just I just don't know where these people. I don't know. I don't know that that that's the one part of this that I'm like I just have no understanding of how that's possible. But you know, to your point, I think yeah, we talked about pretty extensively. It's a really hard issue. You know, if for I I get the obviously holding Biden accountable, and I I get the young people frustration right now, and and even in some aspects, I've had my personal frustration or whatever. But I, I just I just you know, and, and it's I'm not saying I'm not sure that this is exactly how I feel, but it it does to me speak to some level of, and I'm going to literally sound like a boomer when I say this, but you know, people who are going to go third party and no vote because they say, you know, Biden, Biden's just, he's really disappointed me on these issues. Um, I know Trump's going to be worse on these issues, but I can't bring myself to vote for either of them. So I'm not going to vote. It just, you, I, I know that there was kind of a back and forth on TikTok about if that speaks to a level of privilege um, that some people may have when they make a decision like that. Um, and, and I'm not saying it happens in every aspect, but you know, to think about what you just said, where, you know, Trump literally got on a stage last week in New Hampshire and said, um, I'll do heavier ideological ideological screenings for immigrants coming in the United States. Quote, if you don't support our religion, if you don't love our country, I am not letting you in. Like we're talking about like literal fascism here. And so it's like, you know, I'm not there's going to be a lot of Democrats who are on all sides of the spectrum of whether you really like what Biden's done or maybe you're a lot more critical of him. But regardless, I think it's time for Democrats to come together and, and you know, say that, you know, there's just no scenario here where Trump's it's not even that Trump's not a better option. It's that we're literally we're again we're once again and we'll continue with MAGA to once again can talk about democracy is at the table here. And so I just I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. It's very interesting. So we will, we will, we will no, continue. It, it is. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. We're working with a little bit of a delay here. Also, sorry guys for the, from the uh, internet, but um, did, was it, you can, you can say something. I was just going to continue. Why don't you talk? I'll scroll down to where I want to be. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. No, no, I was done. All right, that all right, was all right, it. All right. That was all. We'll, we'll, I'll just, what I, what I was going to say in relation. Oh my God. This delay is so bad. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say in relation to all of this stuff is just like, you know, I'm reading more of this article. I have it open as well. And it's just baffling sometimes like what voters prioritize and what voters think and how people sometimes just have like what appears to be like a memory loss of what the Trump presidency was like, right? Like they're, they're favoring Trump on economic policy can any of these people polled name one of Donald Trump's economic policies? Can any of these people name how any of his policies connected to their economic well-being? Or was it just because Donald Trump inherited a good economy from Obama and then still managed to fuck it up? And then Biden is, clear, is literally the one who has to clean up Donald Trump's mess. They're like, yeah, we like Donald Trump who created the mess, but we don't like Biden who has to clean up the mess. 
Right. I, I just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. And when these, when I, that's when we see these polls, like people favoring Donald Trump's economic policy or his policy here, policy here. It's like it just doesn't make any sense. And it seems like people don't remember how bad the Trump years were. And by the way, the subsequent years after the Trump presidency with him getting indicted, all these different things. Like this dude's uh, possibly going to jail in a matter of like less than six months. Like his trial, jury selection for the trial in D.C. is in February. It's in February. That's not that far away. So this guy's about to be on, fe- on federal trial on so many crimes you can't even begin to count them. And he might be sitting in prison in under six months. And people are like, uh, you know, I actually liked the chaos of the Trump presidency. Give me a break. I, it's so – oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I think that's well said. And, like, here's your – you know, we can, we can go back here to the age thing in a second, you know. Um, obviously, that was pretty stark in this poll. About 71% of, of everyone polled said he was too old to be an effective president. And that was including 54% of Biden's own supporters who said that in the poll. But regardless of that, voters by a 59 to 37% margin said they better trusted Trump over Biden on the economy, the largest gap of any issue. And this is what I found very interesting is um, – you know, the result is problematic because nearly twice as many voters said economic issues would determine their 2024 vote compared to any social issue like abortion or guns. Um, and those economic voters favored Trump by from by a landslide of 60 percent to 32 percent. Uh, voters under 30, a group that strongly voted for Mr. Biden in 2020, said they trusted Trump more on the economy by 20, a 28 percentage point margin. Our Gen Z is just, I mean, dude, this is, listen, this is what I'd say. Like, these polls are very fascinating. I think, like, Harry and I, like, are obviously young. So we're, we're you know, we're seeing politics play out. Like, uh, we're still, what's the word? We, we've never seen something like this play out before. But I, I do think, to Harry's point, like, and we'll have to see, I think it's a really good point that, you know, although the circumstances were significantly different, you know, Obama was very much underwater going toward his election for a second term. Harry has talked extensively about people thought Hillary should run instead of Obama because Obama was just so far underwater. He ended up winning re-election. Uh, you talk about the 2022 midterms where Biden's own job approval rating was actually pretty much identical to where it is now. And everyone said there was going to be a huge red wave and there just wasn't because Gen Z ended up showing up. Um, and so I do think that there's like an aspect to this. That's not only that, but also there's just seems to be a lot of recency bias, um, with these type of polls. As Harry said, it's like all of a sudden, like people forget just the absolute chaos that was, you know, the, the, the Trump, the Trump presidency. But I think it, it really spells to where the Biden administration needs to put their resources about informing people about the things they have done. I mean, we've seen now, like, you know, we've seen at the most recent numbers, he's now created under his presidency is 14 million new jobs. You know, uh, unemployment has been under 4% for a consecutive 22 months. GDP is up this quarter, another 4% or some odd. You know, inflation is coming under control slowly, et cetera. The Fed said they're not there. A lot of people think the Fed won't raise rates again. You know, we've had a, a pretty, so far we are having um, it, it appears that we will have a, a pretty successful economic recovery from COVID. It's just how can the Biden – it's very hard, um, and I'm, Harry, I'm curious about your thoughts. It's very hard lately because there's a lot of pessimism 
pessim- there's and I understand this because so many people are struggling. Uh, inflation is still there. Things are expensive, especially groceries, gas. Um, people are still recovering from COVID and et cetera. Um, and so there's just the, the, the overall feel of the economy is just pessimistic no matter what the numbers say. And the New York Times Post has uh, pointed this out because they said, you know, even if in these polling, in these polls, when they're telling people, you know, the numbers disagree with you, the numbers suggest that the economy is really, really like showing strength right now. It didn't matter um, because people feel pessimistic about it and people are struggling regardless, which I understand. Um, but it just it kind of spells an interesting uh, dynamic for the Biden administration because it's very hard to to tell people, hey, the economy's so good. Look what I've done with the economy. If voters, that's going to fall completely flat with voters because they're going to say, I don't feel like the economy. I, I, it's not good for me. You know, I can't afford groceries, et cetera. So it's very it's hard. It's it's a hard thing to navigate for the Biden administration. Yeah, I mean. And this is, this is, you know, um, I think is a bigger problem with just like American politics generally is like I've always said that your vote is bigger than you. So like when you're voting, it's not you're not just voting for things that affect you. You're voting on a person who will affect every single person in this country. And like that has to be taken into consideration, like for all these people, like I'm not going to vote for Biden. I'm going to sit out. I'm not going to. Bro, you, you are literally – you are giving the middle finger to millions upon millions of Americans who are going to suffer under Donald Trump when he decides to allow more pollution um, in our rivers. He you know, endorses a national abortion ban. Uh, he, pardons himself and then, he pardons himself and then starts going after people in the FBI and the DOJ who have you know, investigated him. It's like, bro, your vote's not just you. And I, I wish more people would be like, yeah, maybe my vote is actually for my neighbor. My vote's for my, my mom, my sister, my brother, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, whatever it might be, whoever it is. Your vote – connects to so many people beyond you. And it's like, you know, if, I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me, bro. This is like so frustrating. I can't even like put it, into words. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I actually think, I actually think uh, that's a really, really good point. And this is going to make you feel way, way, way worse. This is the most, this might be the most insane quote of the entire article right here. This is talking, we're going to go through some more numbers, but here's a quote first. Quote, I don't, this is regarding Biden. Quote, I don't think he's the right guy to go toe-to-toe with these other world leaders that don't respect him or fear him, said Travis, 33, who worked in Phoenix. He voted for Biden in 2020, but now sees him as weak and prefers Trump. <laughs> See, this this is the most insane quote to me. It's like, I don't think he's the right guy. World leaders don't respect him or fear him. Bro, I I promise you. I promise you with every fiber of my being. There's a lot of complicated stuff going on in politics that I'm trying to figure out opinions on and navigate. It's all very hard for everybody. But this, I promise you with every every fiber of my being, there was not a single world leader that respected or feared Donald Trump. I promise. Have you ever watched that guy speak to just a crowd of people? He's a he, – he's um, – Anyways, I'm sorry. <sighs> bro, 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 bro. Like, this- Trump got laughed at at the UN. Bro, do people not remember that video of him getting laughed at by world leaders? He got laughed at. And the idea that, like, world leaders fear Trump, but they don't fear Biden, what are you talking about? What, when Donald Trump was in the office, they feared his stupidity, for sure. They thought he was going to do something dumb and then, like, you know, blow up the world because this guy's erratic and uh, idiotic, 
But with Biden, they just fear the strength of the United States because we actually have like competent people in national security roles. We have a competent president who is, you know, almost specialized in foreign policy his entire career. And, you know, this, oh, oh, what's, what's his name, bro? Whatever that guy's name is. Um, Travis. I'm not going to say anything mean to him. Travis, but Travis, you need to read. You need to read. You need to – I mean I, the idea that people respect Donald Trump is so fucking delusional. It, well, it, it's, it shows that I don't think that like the average person reads much or like you know well, about politics and stuff. Well, yeah. It's, it's also like you know the, the first thing I think about when I think about this is like um, – and I'm not sure whose book this is from. But talking about you know when they would go to like when, – when Trump would travel to like you know wherever, some event, G7 or something. Uh, and he talked to world leaders, or there was one specific moment in someone's book, I don't remember who, where they're recounting uh, being a, at high up in the Trump administration, and he meets with Putin. And the advisors would always be so terrified to let Trump and Putin go into a room alone because they were so scared that Trump was going to give up national security secrets. Not because, like, not even really, you know, from that standpoint, when he's talking about that, not necessarily because he was interested in giving them up because but literally the aide was saying because he, they were like, we were so afraid of his uh, uh, competency. Like he was so dumb that we were afraid he would say something without realizing he's like compromising national security. So I don't know. That's interesting. Here we have we have. Voters preferred Mr. Trump over Mr. Biden on immigration by 12 points. National security by 12 points. Israeli-Palestine conflict by 11 points. And though a 58% majority supported more wait, economic— Wait, 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 just, wait. Just do me a favor. Just do me a favor real quick for me, Mr. Maori. Just do me a really quick favor. People supported him on national security— <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, boys, I mean, this is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, do people not realize this guy had our nuclear secrets at Mar-a-Lago? This dude had, had them in his uh, bathroom, bro. They had, had in his bathroom. These documents yeah. were stored up in a ballroom in Mar-a-Lago, and then he hid them from the federal authorities. And also during his presidency, he revealed classified information to Russians in the Oval Office. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump better on national security it's opposite day, ladies and gentlemen. Red is blue. Blue is I, – I, I, wow. Well, wow. Get, get this person, whoever who, – these people in this bowl, get them a glass of water. Get them a glass of water. Get them some well, water. Listen, well, first of all, I didn't really – I didn't even think – I kind of glanced over that one. Um, probably, but, dude, that's such a good point. I mean, look, this is kind of what I think my position is on a lot of this stuff. And as you say, like literally it's so stark. Like I understand a lot – some of – or I, I understand some of – I might not agree with all of it, but I understand the frustration – with some of these things, um, I at least understand where people are coming from. But like s issues like this, Na he leads national security over Biden by 12 points, and it's just so starkly like, 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 like Harry just said, the guy, the guy clearly has such a lack of interest in any type, of, any, any of our national security. But regardless, I think it's a good point that like recency bias plays a role. Those those Trump indictments are still playing out, but it's like. You know, people haven't looked at, you know, they're not they're maybe not being talked about every single day. And so I'm telling you, dude, and I said this like on threads or Twitter or whatever. I was like, I promise you, I if I really had to guess, these numbers are going to flip or on Election Day, everyone's going to be stunned when it's not a red when Trump gets killed, because it, uh, the Biden administration is going to start spending. Trump is going to be sitting in a courtroom going to jail and everywhere you look, at least if you're on TikTok, you're going to see me about six times a day telling you, hey, guess what? This fucking orange baby hands fraud is going to jail. <laughs>
And people, people are going to, I'm telling you, people are going to switch their opinions. They, they better. I don't know. <sighs> Bro, I, th- I also think it's funny. He's up on, up by 11 points on the Israeli-Palestine conflict. Bro, he said stop giving aid to the innocent Palestinians. Yeah. He wants Israel to bomb them more. And he's like, deport all the Palestinians. What the fuck are you talking about? He's better on the issue. What are they talking about? Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Um, Not sure. No, yeah, I mean that—that's very—that's a very start. I mean, that's very stunning. It's and a lot of people are saying that Democrats need to really sound the alarm over this, and they might. You know, we'll see when the next few weeks go. But we have the gender gap on national security was enormous. Men preferred Trump sixty-two to thirty-three percent. Women preferred Biden forty-seven to forty-six. Biden's strongest issue was abortion, where voters trusted him over Trump by nine percentage points. Um, he. He trusted <laughs> he, he maintained the trust of voters by a slimmer margin of three points over Trump on the handling of quote democracy. So I mean I'm gonna uh, I, I, I'm gonna lose my mind. 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 I mean that's listen, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So listen, listen. And and I'll I might pull up the political article in a second. There's a Politico article that's talking about a lot of this stuff, like a lot uh, talking about the New York Times article, and about you know how Democrats strategists are kind of sounding the alarm and saying this is a really big problem. And it might be it might be a situation where you know Biden's going into 24, he's having to win back voters that he's lost, excite people, um, and we'll have to see if they can do that. And again, I. You know, I I, ha- I just have to reiterate with Harry here. There's some stuff in here that is just so stunning. This is stunning. This this quote that I'm highlighting. Mr. Biden maintained the trust of voters by a slimmer margin of three points over Trump on the handling of quote democracy. All right, all right. Let me just let me just. I just got to look in the camera really quickly. This dude incited an insurrection to destroy our democracy and stay in office. He knew he lost. He wanted to stay in office anyway. He lost. He lost. He lost. Wanted to stay in office anyway. Then he, he's tried to sue the socks off of every state to try to stay in office with his BS arguments. And to this day, he's still saying the election was rigged. If you think that Donald Trump is better on the issue of democracy, I have a bridge to sell you. I have a bridge to sell you. And... Uh, um, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Just look in the mirror and say, I'm not going to – I can't even. <laughs> There's so much I, – I just can't even. Wait, wait. Hold on. Let me go. Oh, wait. I want to do something real quick. Can I uh, – okay. Um, um, okay, cool. I have some like – oh, this is – okay, okay. All right. All right. Let's continue. I agree. All right. Um, Mr. Biden has survived poor showings in polls before. October 2022, in the run-up to the midterm elections, the job approval rating was nearly the same as it is now. His party still managed to lose fewer seats than expected in the House and gained a seat in the Senate. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Today, the degree to which most voters are turned off by Mr. Trump's personality and bombast, which has been the glue helping keep together, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to read any of this. Only 46% of voters said Biden had the proper temperament to be president, barely higher (laughs) than the 43% who said the same about Trump. So I guess we're equal on temperament as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, I mean, let me just, let me just quickly. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Donald Trump, the dude who's like 
who tweeted, I mean, I can't even believe what I'm saying, tweeted at North Korean leader Kim Jong-un that his red button was bigger than his. That guy has the temperament to be... Pre- ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let's be real here. Let's, let's take a moment, let's take a deep breath, have a glass of water, and realize that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Donald Trump in temperament? Oh my, we are, this country's screwed. We are so screwed, bro. We are so screwed. <laughs> what the hell was that? I was giving you some claps. I really hope that wasn't like super loud for people listening. Wow. I mean, that's so listen, the question here is Harry and I'll pull up the political article while we talk a little bit more. Um, do Democrats need to start sounding the alarm here? I mean, what's the, what's the game plan here? What, what's, what's the game plan? No, I mean, look, jokes aside, you know, all that stuff. I'm not, I don't think I'm super worried by this. I mean, look, the polls are not good. I'm not good. Nobody can argue that they are. But look, the election's a year away. We're just under a year away. The money hasn't even been spent. The Republicans don't even have a nominee yet, right? Um, again, like, you know, the, uh, Rudy Giuliani was leading at this point or like a couple of months back in 2008, right, for the Republicans. And then he, you know, now he's going to jail. Um, well, hope, uh, presumably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I would say, like, look, I think that we got to put in the work. There's no doubt that Democrats have to put in the work and we have to win back the trust of young voters. We have to win back the trust of just voters generally. Um, but there's a lot of time. And I know me, Chris, and I know everybody watching are going to put in that work and, and we're going to do the best we can. And if we fall short, we fall short. And then this country plunges into chaos and uh, we'll be the United States of Trump. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Dude, that's, that's insane. They, the swing state voters under 30 backed Biden by a single percentage point. Comparatively, Biden carried, well, I guess that's nationally carried young voters by 24 points. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I think, like, I saw some a quote that I thought was pretty good. It's, it's you know, like, you, you can either vote for Biden or you don't have to vote. And then if Trump wins, you'll never get to vote ever again <laughs> because he'll— He'll, you know, he'll make sure. He'll take, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll, yeah, he'll take yeah. away all the voting machines, and you know, he'll just. You don't get to vote anymore. I mean, like, well, I don't. We, none of us will get to vote anymore because Trump will just get, uh, hoard all the power for himself. Uh, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, this is just kind of the. Oh, and, oh, sim- and, and by the way, just quickly, don't forget the Supreme Court. And don't forget the Supreme Court, ladies and gents. Y'all, y- y- people are like, how can he do it? Like, how can Trump get this stuff done? Just wait. Just wait until the three next people on the Supreme Court are all these radical, Trump-loving MAGA conservatives who don't care about the law. <coughs> Alito, Clarence Thomas, anyway, uh, who don't care about the law and will just do Donald Trump's bidding. It, all, it only takes five of them. It only takes five of them. Trump's already got a couple on the Supreme Court anyway who just love him. So remember that in 2024, Supreme Court. You don't have to love Biden. You could hate Biden. But think about the Supreme Court. I mean, they'll be there for the next 15 years, a minimum, these, these new justices that eventually come on the court whenever Clarence Thomas and Lita resign or whatever happens to them. So um, I don't know, man. This is so – this is beyond uh, – bamboozling is the adjective of the day. Bamboozling. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And I think, like, this is – that's very well said. And I think this is, like, what I was talking about in the Times article just a little bit. It's just the – it's, um, you know – the Biden team expressed, um, you know, that they're not concerned about this. They they talked about, 
Um, Gallup predicting an eight-point loss for Obama, only for him to win handily a year later. Um, you know, in you know, in general, the Biden team expressed confidence, et cetera. Um, but other Democrat strategists are very worried, uh, especially around the Israel issue. They feel like they've lost progressives, they've lost minority voters, um, young voters, et cetera. Uh, this person said, quote, the election is looking more and more like 2016 where Democrats as the incumbent party will have to work hard to persuade their own voters rather than just tell us how awful the other guy is. Uh, a progressive strategist who worked for Bernie Sanders and was granted a not an- I can never say this word. Anonymous. <laughs> Speaking anonymously. Said the New York- Thank you. Said the New York Times poll should be a, quote, four alarm fire, unquote. For the Biden campaign, uh, they not only need to win young voters, they need to get them excited. The, these voters are concerned about Palestinian life and the ongoing war, and the administration's current response will only move them further away from the president. Hmm. So that's some, um, yeah, I mean, you know, being a year away from the election, like Harry said, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm really, really curious going forward now, especially I think like the overwhelming, you know, what a lot of this, the undertones of like the political article and the New York Times article are a lot about, you know, the the Israel-Gaza issue for the Biden administration. Um, I saw something also a few days ago from the New York Times where apparently top aides of the Biden administration are saying it's not if, it's when. There's just too much mounting pressure for the Biden administration to be forced in whether it's in a, a week or two weeks or a month to call a ceasefire um, because voters are just very upset about it. And so we'll have to see what stance the Biden administration is going to take here or how they really feel about this or if they um, decide to change course. But I think that it's um, it's hard. It's definitely not not pretty a year away a year away from the election, but I'd like to look back at this in one year and be like, "Wow, we were so we were so horribly wrong about all of this." Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, the ceasefire thing is um, definitely hurting the Biden administration bad, and with young people, um, especially. Yeah, and then you know we saw some crazy protests taking place in D.C. Like people vandalized. The fences in front of the White House, they put like red paint on it and stuff like that. Like they were climbing statues in Lafayette Park. Um, excuse me. And um, it's just getting very, it's very, very heated out there. There's a massive protest in DC. Um, Anti Semitism's on the rise. Islamophobia, Islamophobia is on the rise. It's all very, just very, very tense. And there doesn't seem to be an end, an end in sight. And I want to remind everybody that no matter. No matter what the Biden administration does, they can come out and scream to the high heavens, like ceasefire now, ceasefire now, and stuff like that, which probably is the right move. I think we're there now, right? I think we're there. Um, they can do that all they want. It's not going to stop Israel. I mean, they still look, they still have Netanyahu in there, who's kind of like make, make Israel great again. You know, he's, he likes Trump more than Biden. Um, that guy's a lunatic. He's like tried to rig the courts in his favor in Israel to, and then got massive protests in response. And even the like, close people to Biden are discussing who's next. Like sec- uh, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, met with an opposition leader in Israel because the Biden administration's like, this guy might be the next guy. Um, so, you know, the Biden administration can't do much. I really, it is really frustrating when people think that Biden is like God. He can just like force countries to do whatever he wants. Um, but anyway, man, yeah, tough, yeah, tough, no- tough numbers, tough to see. It's just, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And I think like my parting, my parting words here will be also, you know, that, um, that, uh, yeah, I think it's probably, it's probably time. I agree. As most voters agree, that it's probably time for them to call for a ceasefire. But I do think that there is a little bit of a sentiment. Like even I talked to someone who I had met, I'd met and, um, they knew I was like interested in politics and, but they really like, they voted in 2020, but they weren't really like super interested in politics and know, like they don't keep up too much, which is totally fine. But their first thing was like, shouldn't Biden, like can't Biden just pull, this was literally their exact quote, like can't Biden just pull out of Israel? Like, why are we not doing something? And it's like, there's this like common, like under like thought process that some, for some reason I think uh, the West people think that the like the West has a big say on whether Netanyahu continues to do horrible, horrible, horrible things, and I'm just not sure if that's accurate or not. But regardless of that, um, and I'll let Harry say a few more things if he wants. So I know this episode was a little bit shorter. Uh, like I said, I'm actually you know it's I'm, I'm myself. I'm actually not in Georgia right now, um, so this was a little tricky to set up. But I'm glad I got to at least talk to you guys for a little bit today. Um, and, uh, we promise next week we'll be back to, you know, uh, we'll hopefully make it a longer segment. Also, don't forget, we have an email that you guys can email. I want to answer some questions soon. Questions at cmhsunplugged.com. You can email us there. Um, there will be a Patreon episode out this week. If you're interested in supporting us, you can check below. If not, no worries at all. We greatly, greatly appreciate you just checking us out, watching. We'll be literally here every Monday.